John Eldridge, in his book Waking the Dead, says there is so much more that the cross, the cross of Christ, has accomplished than our forgiveness. But the constant barrage of the enemy's lies wears us down over time and we forget what is true. Now listen to what he says. By entering into the work of Christ daily, we appropriate in a fresh way all that he has already done for us. My friend, if we want to live with a brimming, abundant life in Christ, the life that he promised, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly, a life that is above and beyond the natural, even above and beyond the average Christian experience. There's a difference between the average Christian life that we see around us and the normal Christian life, what is meant to be normative from Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Father's point of view. If we want that, then we must take up our cross and follow Christ. Welcome to the podcast today, Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is Brian Del Turco, episode 274. To take it deeper, you can go to jesusmart.com slash 274 for links, resources, further, further information on this theme today. Jesus Christ is our Savior, and He's a wise King who knows how our lives work best, and He's passionate about the big storyline. He's passionate about developing His followers as intimate friends and co-agents in His kingdom. That is the big storyline. What is our theme today? The cross, God's secret technology for our lives. And we really won't get in it today, perhaps in another episode, but it's also God's secret technology for the cosmos. Uh, Paul wrote in Colossians that through the cross of Christ, he is reconciling all things to himself, including the cosmos. You see, authentic Christ following is not me-centered. I'm sorry if you've been taught that or you've been exposed to that in a church setting or a church culture. uh, It's time um, to advance. (laughs) It's time to grow up a little bit. It's not anthropocentric. That's a big word, which simply means man-centered. Christ following is not me-centered. It's not some hyper-realized sense of Maslow's hierarchy of self-actualization or something. It's Christocentric. But here's the mystery. In the Christ-centeredness is where we find the music. It's where we find our life. Jesus said it this way, if you lose your life for my sake, you will actually find your life. We may say you will find your real life and you'll know it as you start to find it. Christ and the ways of Christ are the sure foundation to this process, the sure foundation to all things, to be honest with you. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about a house that is built on the rock versus the house that is built on the sand. When the storm comes, not if, but when the storm comes, the house that is built on the sand will collapse, but the house that is built on the rock will survive and thrive. If we listen to the words of Jesus, the sayings of Jesus, and we obey them, we actually activate them and do what he says, Jesus says it's like we build our house upon that firm foundation that can withstand anything. We are in times right now, I mean, history is full of this world history. Our times are not especially uh, unique, are they? Uh, History is full of tough times, uh, the history of humanity. But we are certainly in times right now that if we're going to have lasting power, you know, staying power, 
surviving power and thriving power through it all. We want to build upon something solid. We want a solidity. I used to work with a person who liked to use that word solidity. I kind of like that word. It's always stuck with me. She was a Christian counselor. If we want that sense of certainty and solidity in our lives, it's Christ, his person, his sayings, his teachings, and our following Christ and obeying what he says. If we don't, it's as if we're building upon the sand. I don't need to tell you that all around us is sand, right? Most people, the overwhelming majority of people are trying to go through this thing we call life and build on shifting sand. Those outside of the kingdom are certainly doing that. And sadly, to to varying degrees, sometimes many people within the church are building uh, upon a sandy substructure, which will create challenges and problems for them. The overwhelming majority of people are building on sand, but we, as we seek to be consecrated Christ followers and consecration or sanctification is a continuum. It's a process. It's a growth process in the Lord. As we're questing for that, we build upon the firm foundation of Christ himself and the wisdom of God comes from above. Uh, The strategies for our lives come from above. It's like a a heavenly blueprint for our lives, and um, we will be successful with that blueprint. By the way, blue is the color of revelation. So this challenges much of American, the American expression of Christianity, doesn't it? And even Christianity in the West in general. So this secret technology, paradoxical, counterintuitive, considered by the world to be foolish, even offensive and scandalous, the cross of Christ and following Christ is core. The cross of Christ working in our lives, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, is core to the high mark of the upward call of God in Christ that Paul talked about in Philippians 3. He said this, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I think most Christians are familiar with the concept of the cross of Christ, the reality of the cross of Christ as an atoning sacrifice. Christ died for us on the cross, the atoning sacrifice. And when we are admonished by Christ to take up our cross and follow him, there is absolutely no sense in which we are atoning for our own sin, our own depravity. That was a unique work of the Son of God upon the cross on that day. He died for the sins of the world. He atoned for the sins of the world. The Father uh, poured out his wrath upon Christ, upon the sin that was placed upon Christ, and God the Father was satisfied. His sense of justice and righteousness was satisfied. It's just an amazing, beautiful relationship and event between the Father and the Son upon the cross. There's another sense, though, about the cross where we died with Christ on the cross. We could put it this way. Christ not only died for us, he died as us, if you will. You see, 1 Corinthians 1.30 says that the Father placed us in Christ. And so we can look at other verses and really see the, the composite picture of Revelation that we have in the scriptures, that our old nature died with Christ upon that cross. And it goes further 
Our new nature was raised to new life at the resurrection, and our new nature has ascended with Christ, and we are seated with Christ now in the heavenly places in Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to what Francis Schaeffer wrote in his book, True Spirituality, How to Live for Jesus Moment by Moment. He writes, the cross of Christ is to be a reality to me, not only once for all at my conversion, but all through my life as a Christian. True spirituality does not stop at the negative, that is the death, but without the negative in comprehension and in practice, we are not ready to go on. Okay, let's just try to unpack that for a second, especially the second part of his statement. True spirituality does not stop at the negative, that is the death of Christ for us. And he's acknowledging that without that negative, in comprehension and in practice, we are not ready to go on. But he is saying in the first part of his statement that the cross of Christ is to be a reality to me, not only once for all at my conversion, but there's, there is to be this ongoing work of the cross in my life as a Christian, as a Christ follower. We'll see more of that as we continue on here. You see, following Christ is not about a personal life enhancement program, okay? I know there's a lot of... Um, teaching out there. And you can we, we can easily um, be attracted to that. We can easily slip into something of that to one degree or another, because it, it actually appeals to our natural man. It appeals to our desire to be the best we can be. Nothing wrong with a desire to be the best we can be for God's glory. But it can appeal to a carnal part of our, of our nature. It's not about prosperity. Christ following is not about prosperity, although there is full provision and blessing in the gospel of Christ and in Christ following for our own needs and more to help others. Following Christ is actually, in a sense, a quest for death, but let's not stop there. (laughs) Would you like to be a Christian? Follow me in my quest for death. Well, it's kind of true, but Following Christ is a quest for death. We're not going to stop there. It's also a quest for the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what Jesus said. If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. There it is. There's the paradox. There's the mystery. There's the step of faith. When we actually lose our life for the sake of Christ, we actually find our real life. And as we begin to find that real life, we will know that it is our real life as designed by our Father. Uh, we We could say that there really is no such thing as following Christ without taking up the cross, right? If we just take what Jesus said at face value. If you wish to come after me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. We won't live out the full destiny of our new nature and what we are meant to be in Christ without the cross working in our lives in this practical way. Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And now listen, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Here's the principle. Life comes through death. Life comes via the death 
outworking of the cross to our old nature in our lives. If we want to live in the energy of the resurrection of Christ in our life, we have to live a cross life. The cross precedes the empty tomb. We don't get to the empty resurrected tomb, do we? Let alone the ascension life following the empty tomb without first as a foundational priority, the cross, the cross of Christ working in our life. Again, there is the atoning work of Christ on the cross. We don't atone for our sins in our taking up our cross. The cross is a sanctifying agency in our lives. It is a putting to death in a practical sense, our old nature and releasing the new nature in greater realization and the accompanying spirit of life in Christ and all that the spirit of life brings, um, the power of God comes through the cross. We must take up our cross daily, Jesus said. And listen, let's be honest, okay? I'm a case study in this. Frankly, every human being who has walked this earth (laughs) is a case study in this. Every day, every day we will be presented with numerous opportunities, a a, a, um, cornucopia of opportunities, little daily things that are calling us that we can die. We can die to our ego. We can die to what we perceive as our rights and being offended. And I'm standing up for my rights. We can die to what we think is our, our standing or our status, right? We can die to our natural plans, plans that we've conjured up that We haven't really acknowledged the Lord in those plans, and these are more plans that we would just like to run and do without even uh, consulting the Lord or, 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 or seeking to get His counsel. We can die to our natural plans, and we can lean into God's sovereignty. You know, as we do that, we're we're now in a better position to exercise dominion under the sovereignty of God. We just have to die to it. There's such an everlasting liberty in dying to ourselves, where we let go of the everlasting burden of always having to be right, of always having to insist upon our rights, of always having to make every offense. I mean, we take our own vengeance on it or always having to come up with our own plans and our own energy and our own time and try to make these things. Well, you know, there's such a liberty in dying to the natural fallen plane of things and being quickened to new life and the supernatural new life, the new living way of things, right? We certainly won't live an ascended life. The ascension of Christ was beyond the tomb, of course. Now, notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, especially verse 2, but let's read verse 1 as well because we have this great cloud of witnesses, it says, surrounding us. That is those in the Lord who have gone on before us. It's the picture of people in the stands, maybe at the Greco-Roman games, and we're down on the field running our race. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking, now verse 2, looking only at Jesus the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus endure his own atoning work on the cross? 
He looked at the joy beyond the cross. And in a similar way, as the cross works in our own lives, we have to look with joy downrange from the working of the cross in our life. We should be happy when we're presented with opportunities to die to ourselves if we really understood these dynamics. I I must say that I'm not consistently happy about it. I forget about this dynamic. I get caught up in my own self. I get tired. I get... I get a little bit distant from the word and prayer, maybe uh, uh, at the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always in the word pretty much every day. I can't seem to make it beyond that. But you know what I mean? We get a little disconnected from the our, our sense of being connected with the Lord, the branch and the vine. And and we don't see it as opportunities to die as, as just that, opportunities. But we must go through the cross experience um, consistently, hourly, minute by minute. Oh, you're going to offend me? Wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to overlook that. I'm going to die to myself in that. And Lord, I place that in your hands. And now I open myself up, Lord, to your power, which comes through the cross, and to your spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which comes to, from the cross. We must go through the cross experience consistently on a daily basis. And as we do that, we experience opportunities to release resurrection life into our lives through us. It's a witness of the ultimate resurrection to come. The resurrection is already on in human history since the resurrection of Christ. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has already overlapped into our time right now, and it's pointing towards the ultimate resurrection and reconciliation of all things. In Ephesians 2, it says that we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we've not only died with Christ... We've not only been raised to new life in Christ, by the way, Romans 6, 1 to 11, and even the whole chapter of Romans 6, but especially verses uh, 1 through 11 are tremendous on this, says that in verse 6 that we need to know that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be rendered inoperative or powerless. And then verse 11 says, even as we reckon that to be so, our death in Christ, we reckon to be resurrected with Christ. But Ephesians 2 goes on to say that we have ascended with Christ and are seated with him in heavenly places. But it has to be more than just a doctrinal truth that we mentally sign up for or assent to. It's got to be more than something that we just believe. It has to become a living, practical dynamic that is outworking in this life right now so that we grow and we actually live our lives on ascension ground, if you will. I'm not sure of the exact source. It could have been Watchman Nee, perhaps T. Austin Sparks. God only deals with us on the ground of the cross. He begins to deal with us. Everything is sourced on the ground of the cross and it's working in our lives. If you don't have that as a as a as a core foundation, nothing else works. Forget about resurrection, forget about ascension, forget about living as an authentic Christ follower in the kind of way that the Lord is envisioning for us to live. But living on resurrection ground and ascension ground, it is this dynamic outworking in our life right now, and it's being demonstrated, and it's a witness to the resurrected Christ and to the ascended Christ. So resurrection life will manifest in all kinds of ways progressively in our lives. Healing, release from from poverty, 
release from the bondage of dark powers. We have to work this out. It says in Philippians chapter 2 that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in us both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Do you see this dance, this partnership? God is desiring and working within us for his good pleasure, but we have to work it out. It's always been a partnership from the Garden of Eden onward. So living the ascended life is where we are actually and practically starting to live like the head and not the tail, right? As the Old Testament would say. And this is all fulfilled in Christ. This all points towards Christ. We actually begin to transcend situations. We're no longer under them. William Penn was a Quaker in American history who founded the colony and then the state, what became the state of Pennsylvania in America and uh, a Quaker. The Quaker expression of Christianity, but he had a real, they had a real value upon religious diversity in the, in, in the colony of Pennsylvania. And you didn't have to be a Quaker to live there, but he, he they just believed in religious freedom. And uh, but, but he was a Quaker and he had a famous saying, no cross, no crown. Isn't that good? There is no crown. There is no reigning in Christ without the cross in our lives. It truly is a secret technology of God. It's a secret mystery, a secret technology of God's working in our lives, which processes us, develops us, consecrates, sanctifies, releases more of the power of God in us and through us, the resurrection life of Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians that the word of the cross, this message of the cross, is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The power of God is released through the cross and through the working of the cross in our lives. It comes through the cross experience. And if we want the full design of our lives under God, if we want that complete blueprint to come down over the affairs of our lives, if we want to help others and multiply value in their lives by helping them to bring the design of God into their settings, if we want to reach towns and communities and cities and regions and nations, we need the release of the life of Jesus and the dynamic of the ascension power and standing of Jesus in our lives and through us. And this can only come through a practical outworking of the cross of Christ in our lives. It's on that ground that God deals with us and then resurrection ground and then ascension ground. And we could even take it further and say session ground. Christ is not only ascended, but he is seated as a king in his session is the word for that. And so there is cross ground, resurrection ground, ascension ground, and session ground. We are joint heirs with Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Here's what T. Austin Sparks said. He was a pastor in England. He said, the Lord has to break before he can elevate, empty before he can fill. The cross must be applied to bring us to the absolute supremacy of the Lord Jesus. I'm calling us to a deeper walk with the Lord. I'm calling us to a deeper working of the cross in our lives. I'm feeling a little convicted even as I record this episode. And this is uh, happens to be Holy Week in the year of our Lord, uh, 2023. I'm challenged. Perhaps more content needs from me needs to be focused upon the centrality, the primacy of the cross of Christ. Everything is sourced there. 
we put off our old nature. Our old nature has been dealt with by the cross. Watchman Nee said that the blood of Christ deals with our sins, but the cross of Christ deals with the root of the problem, our old sinful nature. So we can put off that old nature, Colossians 3.10, put on the new nature, which is the resurrection. And that new nature is not static, it's dynamic, it's being renewed according to the image of the one who created him. And the image of God in us, we are image bearers, is the basis for our capacity to exercise dominion under God's sovereignty. So do you see the importance of the cross? Amazing. We know that hell hates the cross. Satan was duped at the cross, defeated, throttled. We haven't even talked about Colossians 2, where it says that through the cross, that the enemy has been made a spectacle. He's been stripped naked and made a spectacle. We got to talk about that in Colossians chapter 2. Paul just so revelatory, so brilliant. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would help us to have a conscientiousness, a sense of revelation and understanding of Christ, his work on the cross for us, but also his work on the cross as it were as us. We were placed in Christ, our old nature crucified, our new nature raised with him to new life and seated with him in authority. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, in Ephesians 1.17. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. May we know the hope of our calling, the riches of the glory. May we understand the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And may we appreciate and know the exceeding greatness of your power directed towards those who believe. Thank you, God. Your power is directed towards those who authentically believe. Thank you, Father. We want to be on a pathway of consecration, Holy Spirit. We want to perfect holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, according to Hebrews. We don't want to uh, settle for a shallow, superficial, Americanized or Westernized or modernized sense of Christianity, what it means to authentically follow Christ. We want the real deal, Father, in the name of Jesus. If we need to be restored to that, God restore us. If we need to be awakened to that, we need to wake up and progress in our understanding leaving behind what's behind us, as Paul said, and pressing forward toward the high mark, the call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, that we would truly live elevated, an elevated standing in Christ. Our times demand it. Our families need it. Our context, our sphere of concern and influence is waiting for us to show up as an authentic image bearer of God in Christ exercising dominion under the sovereignty of God. And we need the work of the cross in our lives to catalyze that, Lord, to catalyze that development. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for coming on the cross and atoning for our sins and also creating this dynamic of our placement in you on the cross and the empty tomb and the ascension and the session. Thank you, Lord. JesusSmart.com slash 274 to take it further. I appreciate you. There's all kinds of potential before you right now, because when it's very dark, the light really shines. God raises up a standard to meet the challenge, to meet the resistance from the enemy. This is a really good time to go far and fast with Christ. Okay, we'll catch you next time.